Hey, hey, welcome back. Oh, no, no, me. That's me. I'm back. You're, you've always been there. You were holding down the fort. Thank you for holding down the fort. We're glad to reconvene here on the Hump Show. Your Hump Show, not my Hump Show, but I got to provide the services to the peeps. That's you guys, or the beeps, as you're now affectionately known. Missed you all. Thank you so much for your messages. We've got some photos to put up on Facebook, but in the meantime, uh, you can check out Twitter, A-Law Radio, a sweet photo with Mama. It's springtime in Texas, and she's got this flowering fuchsia tree in her yard. I asked her what it is. I have no idea. That was her response. And my mom is pretty big on the plants and the flowers, but I made her <laughs> I made her take selfies with me. Uh, she was fine standing in front of this pretty flowering tree, and we were trying to get the shadows right. There was one shadow, well, one t- particular photo where the shadow exposed her nose. It was really funny. The rest of her face was in shadow somehow, but her nose was was bright white from the sunshine. I said, don't worry, mom. I will not share that one on social media. So we ended up getting a couple of really pretty photos that made me happy. Uh, And so I shared on my personal Facebook page, but I haven't yet on our show page. Also, you guys, wait until you see the photos I took of the sunset on Monday night at a fishing pond. The story is coming, but I'm telling you what, these are breathtaking photos and don't even really do uh, the occasion justice. So I promise photos on Facebook, maybe even two posts, but also there are a few up on Twitter as well. So either A-Law Radio or our show Twitter. And you need to send your questions for Ask Amy Anything too, because that's coming up next hour. We do not, well, we do sometimes take a break uh, from Ask Amy, but we won't this week, even though it's not my actual hump show. It was so nice to have a break because now I feel rejuvenated and energized for what will be a very busy spring. So you know the social media sites, YouTube channel also available. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. I don't think we're going to talk about Rocky movies on this edition of the show unless someone asks, but I hear that was a very popular topic 24 hours ago. (laughs) We are back to basketball now, and the Memphis Grizzlies losing in Los Angeles despite having a lead in the fourth quarter and also despite the fact that they theoretically are a better team. They could not close it out down the stretch. They gave up a 17-4 run to the Lakers, including eight consecutive points, and Taylor Jenkins sees his team slide backward yet again. Came up short in the fourth quarter, you know, gave them a lot of credit. They got two studs over there that made big time shots. Um, you know, they picked up their physicality, uh, something we got to learn from, obviously. Uh, I thought we had great looks in the fourth quarter, you know, missed open three, a couple of layups there, some chippies uh, that could, you know, turn the tide a little bit. But our guys played phenomenally tonight. I'm so proud of them. Now, the big question, of course, is how long will Ja Morant be away from the team? He's their superstar. He's their leader. Clearly changes everything for opponents when they game plan defensively. Right now, the Colorado police are investigating an incident that was shown on a live stream on Instagram in which it appears as though Ja is waving a gun. It's at a nightclub. This poses all kinds of problems because it was on the road in Denver It violates NBA rules to be sure if he had a gun uh, as part of a team trip. So the league has no choice but to investigate. But also there are uh, the potential laws that were broken uh, because he's in Denver. And so Colorado police are investigating as well as the NBA and we'll find out. But for now, Ja is away from the team for what Taylor Jenkins is calling some time of healing 
how long until we see him again? I said it yesterday, it's a healing process. So if everyone expects something to change overnight, we know we've got to be, you know, due diligence and respectful on that. So we're talking about job being in a better place personally and also professionally, you know. So, um, you know, to put a timetable on, I think it's disrespectful in my opinion. We want to make mm-hmm. sure he's in a great place uh, for himself, but also as a responsible, you know, teammate here. Disrespectful. I would say it was actually a little disrespectful of Ja Morant to put that on Instagram, knowing that his team and the league would be left with no options except to investigate. Though that is part of growing up. We'll see what happens. Now, Eric Hasseltine is the longtime radio voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. Even as he joins us, he and I have already had a conversation. He's been turning down radio interviews. This is not something that he can talk about as a team employee, but also because it's an ongoing police investigation. And so I already assured Eric we would stick primarily to basketball Just so you all know, uh, this is why Eric is coming on the show. Thank you, Eric. He said he trusts me, and I appreciate that. Uh, But this is, uh, I would say, some adversity for the Grizzlies. They've dropped three in a row. They've fallen back into a tie with Sacramento in the Western Conference standings. So, Eric, what is going on with the team after this loss in L.A.? Where are they right now? You know, I said this on our broadcast tonight they they are struggling on the road there's just no two ways about it it started back with that incident that everybody saw with the Shannon Sharp game but it really coincides with Steven Adams getting injured in their next road game in Phoenix in January and he hasn't been back since he just brings so much interior toughness and and you know said this guy setting a screen is like a building setting a screen so it opens things up on on the offensive end and his pick and roll defense has been terrific so um, losing him was huge, and they're one and eleven on the road since that that trip. They had won eleven straight games going into that trip, and were really a threat to to try to overtake Denver at the top. And uh, with the, they had a couple games remaining with the Nuggets, and they really felt like, okay, if we do this and play the type of basketball we're playing right now, they could potentially challenge for that number one seed. Well, it's obviously gone the opposite way. They're they're not going to catch Denver. Uh, they're pretty much a lock for the one seed, and now the Kings, after tonight's loss, have caught them for the two seed. Now they still have a cushion between you know six and five, and and even four. Uh, but the the Suns, obviously, with the addition of Kevin Durant, are now threatening to move up that ladder. And um, the the problems basically have been the fourth quarter. This team, for a couple of years, I think was thirty one and zero when they had a double digit lead in the second half, and they're seven and five the last twelve times that's happened, and just things that hadn't really happened to them before they I don't know if it's getting a little too comfortable a little too complacent and and Taylor Jenkins has alluded to it in my conversations with them that they they are a known commodity and whether that's for the good or for the bad and I think you would agree with me they they've rubbed some fans the wrong way around (laughs) the country for different antics and that's part of young and being a a little on the uh, arrogant side and also very good and you know if they weren't any good no one would care so they're good and people get flustered that they like to talk a little bit and they have guys that that get after you and you know the the playoff series didn't necessarily always do the best thing for their image in terms of what happened with one of our guys and Gary Payton uh, the third and so um, they're getting everybody's best they're a benchmark win for young teams that are not playoff teams they look at it as a, a stepping stone for teams that are fighting to get in the playoffs they get a win against a, a team that's near the top. They, that's one that maybe the field doesn't get. So um, they've got to find that next gear that comes with maturation and and a little bit more experience. And you know, and you as you and I have discussed, they hit the ground running. They're ahead of their 
you know, targeted schedule. We around the team really felt like next year would be the year they made the big push forward. They had the playoff series with Utah um, right after the pandemic year. And then the next year, they're the number two seed. And that usually just doesn't happen that way. Usually Denver kind of did it, but they missed the playoffs for four years in a row. The Grizzlies never missed the postseason. They went to the bubble and lost in the play-in game with, with Portland when Jaron Jackson Jr. had injured his knee in the in the game in the bubble, and they thought if that hadn't happened and Tyus Jones had been healthy, they probably would have been in a playoff series then as well. So injuries kind of derailed that rookie season uh, for John Morant and that crew, and uh, then the next year you make the playoffs, you play Utah, you, you find out you know probably need to condense the roster, and then last year, you know, as I've told people, I, I truly believe, and it was a tremendous defensive play by Clay Thompson uh, in the final play of Game One. If John Morant makes the layup in Game One, the Grizzlies are probably in the Western Ooh. Conference Finals. They've got Game Seven on their home floor, <laughs> and they had just beaten the Warriors by forty in Game Five. Now the problem was they couldn't beat them in Oakland. Now, with that said, I also respect the heck out of Golden State's experience, and in a Game Seven, experience usually wins out. But they were playing so well at home. But that's what championship teams do. They make plays down the stretch, and, and the Warriors did that and won the series. And mm-hmm. there's no hindsight or they got this or they got that. The Warriors beat them straight up. They came back from deficits in game in game four, a, a, a eight-point deficit late, and won that game. And then in game six, they just pulled away late because they knew how to make winning plays. So that was you kind of looked at that as the learning curve. And then this year, everybody said, well, maybe a step back is – you lose some veterans with the Anthony Melton going to Philly and, and Kyle Anderson going to Minnesota and guys that had been there. And you're going to replace them with younger guys in the rotation that might hurt a little bit. And they come out and just are playing terrific basketball all the way until mid January. And now it's kind of falling off. So this is the first time during the Taylor Jenkins era that they've really had a prolonged struggle mm. and it's a struggle on the road and it's a struggle in the fourth quarter. And it's, really something I can't even explain other than that the ball doesn't move as well in the fourth as it does earlier in the game for whatever reason, whether they're trying to work the clock for a, uh, you know, deeper into the possession, but they are one of the best first quarter and third quarter scoring teams. And in the fourth, they're like dead last in the NBA in scoring. And they, the players aren't changing. They're not going into the locker room and bringing out new guys. They're the same guys. So <laughs> it's just something about the fourth quarter. And tonight again, against the Lakers, the Lakers made winning plays and the Grizzlies didn't. And, now they find themselves tied for second in the West. Eric Castletine is joining us from L.A. He's the longtime radio play-by-play voice of the Memphis Grizzlies who have dropped three straight, including tonight, to the Lakers. And it was a 17-4 run in the fourth quarter as I was listening to Eric. In fact, eight points in a row for the Lakers that grabbed the lead for them eventually. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Jai is away from the team for an undetermined period of time. Mm-hmm. What are they missing when he is not on the court? A run stopper, uh, a guy that you have to focus multiple defenders on, um, the ability to elevate, draw contact, get foul shots. They, tonight, you know, they, they were hoping that, you know, Desmond Bain was, Desmond Bain played terrific in the game Sunday against the Clippers. Tonight was just one of those nights that sometimes shooters have. He got good looks and they just rattled in and out. They didn't go. He didn't make a three. It was 0 for 5. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. is becoming more of a guy that can get you that basket when you need it, but it's not a role he's been really accustomed to until this season. And Jaw's kind of been that leader for them. And and when you can play Jaw and Tyus together, 
uh, that's huge. And now if you can play Ja and Tyus together and have Steven Adams, now you got something. Now you got the ability to handle the ball against pressure. Now you've got when teams are trying to ramp up their defense, you can move it quicker. You've got one of the steadiest hands the league has seen. I mean, Tyus Jones has set the record uh, in a single season for assist-to-turnover ratio in two years. He was 6.97, I think, two years ago and 7.04 last year which is just insane. And Sunday against the Clippers, he had double-digit assists and zero turnovers. That gives you the opportunity to put two playmakers on the floor. If you want to take one of those guys out and, and leave Ja out there, then you, you bring Desmond Bain in who can facilitate. So he, he just draws so much attention because yes. of his abilities to, to put the ball in the basket and to really get going. And I mean, the kid's amazing in terms of when he drives into the paint, you watch him elevate, and there, there are seven-footers that have no chance of blocking a shot. And that just for a guy that's six one, six two, you know, or they list him at six two, closer to six three, that the elevation is just special, and it's a loss. And the, and the guys are all very tight, so they they are you know have his back, and they're and everybody's a little concerned about what what he's going through, and so that's probably weighing on their minds. And um, on top of that, they just you know they want to be there to support him, but they've got basketball to play, sure. and that's kind of been their mentality. Then the next man up that they've kind of thrived with the last couple of years with the injuries and now losing Brandon Clark for the season to a ruptured Achilles in the Denver game and, you know, jaw out of the lineup and Steven Adams out of the lineup, your next men up are guys that don't have a lot of experience and, and some nights it's showing. Steven Adams, of course, being a big body in the middle, not just about the defense, but you think about what Anthony Davis did tonight. They're missing that big presence who at least can take up space but also can get rebounds, if nothing else. Well, he can box out two guys at a time, and they were one of the top rebounding teams. Last year they were the number one rebounding team, and they were one of the top rebounding teams all year long. Since he's been out, they've been getting getting hurt hurt on the glass. Um, It wasn't – it was – prevalent tonight but not like it was against the Clippers but you think about it this way if he sets the screen and rolls if you don't if you don't follow him that seven footer is going to finish at the rim and and he's got more offensive skill than people realize and they've finally gotten him to believe that he can really help the team by scoring as well where before because he's played with some of the best scorers and all-around players in the game when he was with Kevin Durant Russell Westbrook and then you know, spent time with Chris Paul and guys that, you know, you're going like, okay, he, he played with Paul George. He's just been there to defend and rebound. Mm. Well, now he's knowing that John Morant really liked it when he was scoring double figures because it's it's assists and it opened things up for him. So he was playing with a little bit more confidence. And then, like you said, on the defensive end, as we said on our broadcast tonight, uh, Xavier Tillman has just done everything asked him of this team, but he's still a six foot eight, six foot nine you know, undersized center. And in the early part of that fourth quarter, Anthony Davis was just trying to seal him out, seal him to the high side, lob it over the top. And and as hard as as Xavier will play, um, he's not going to, it's going to be really hard to stop that. And if you put Jaron Jackson Jr. on him one-on-one, you run the risk of getting in foul trouble, which he did. And now you've got a problem because now you have one of your better offensive players and weak side help shot blockers, a guy leading the league in block shots you know, possibly coming out of the game for an extended amount of time. So Adams just gives you so much more of a presence in the middle that they don't have when he's not there um, that it, it, you know, he may not even get every rebound. He's one of the league's leaders, but there are times where you see him box out two guys and, and it's just an easy rebound for one of the other guys to come in and swoop in. So right. um, it's a big loss. And, you know, he's, 
he's been a blast to be around for the last couple of years. There's a reason they gave him the two-year extension prior to the season starting. They want him to be around long term, and he really fits what they like doing. And and you know they they miss him dearly right now. And I I think he'll be back sooner rather than later. But it, it couldn't come soon enough because if you just look at the record and look at the numbers during this stretch, especially on the road, you can see that his his, his presence not being there is is felt dramatically. And his leadership as well. You point out the number mm-hmm. of places he's played, the time that he's logged in the NBA. That stable yep. force is also necessary for this young Grizzlies group as they go through adversity. Eric Hasseltine yeah. is with us after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. I actually heard you talk about the other Gasol, Mark Gasol, who was walking mm-hmm. by your broadcast perch. Yeah, I'm going to have to have words with him. He did say hello. <laughs> I was a little upset about it. His brother Pal's number is hung in the rafters. An emotional yeah. halftime ceremony. There were a ton of A-listers there. For someone like you who loves basketball, how cool was that to be part of? It was special, uh, especially because Powell was part of the first year in Memphis. And my first year full-time in the NBA. I mean, I'd spent three years in Sacramento working my way up the, the ladder, but my first real full-time job was the 0102 season when the Grizzlies moved from Vancouver and Powell was a rookie and told the story of, I remember going to the first open practice and I'd heard about him, you know, here's this kid drafted third overall. We, this was before YouTube and all these things that now we can see a lot more of the European players and their what they're capable of and here's this seven foot kid and he looked like a kid and in the first (laughs) practice I'm watching him go with some of our guys I'm like whoa this kid's got some he's got some game he's just got to figure out the NBA style and remember back then European coaches would kind of hold guys back they wouldn't give them a ton of minutes because they didn't want to lose them to the NBA right away they wanted to try to hang on to them for a year or two more, that all has changed now. But we saw him, and he didn't start his first two games, and he started every game after that, wins the Rookie of the Year, had a big dunk over Kevin Garnett, which Garnett literally the entire way of his career never forgot and tried to go at Powell every night. But (laughs) it was a situation where as good a player as he was, and he's a Hall of Fame player, um, he didn't have somebody to take the pressure off of him in Memphis the way he needed. Um, and it was just allowing, he was going against double and triple teams every night. Well, fans get frustrated when you pay a guy a max money type deal and he's not scoring 25, 30 a night. And it's, it was unfair. And they had an opportunity to kind of break away from it. Their playoff run had kind of come to an end. They went three straight years, got swept every year. Shane Battier was gone. Lorenzen Wright before, you know, all the other things later happened, but he was one of the better perimeter defenders. Eddie Jones was a good perimeter defender. They were all gone. And Powell's there, and he's kind of like the lone guy. And you're going, okay, you know, you've got to try to get something for him. And, you know, there are a lot of people that didn't like that trade that felt like the Grizzlies um, kind of gave up to – it didn't get enough in return. But at the time, they weren't getting as many offers as people thought. And a lot of the offers kind of stopped coming because they had heard that Powell was, you know, wanting to move on to a different place where he had a chance to win and and win big. And – um, it did give them the opportunity to get financial flexibility and, and get Zach Randolph and then eventually draft a couple guys that helped them. They got his brother, Mark, in return. And, you know, seeing him thrive there was nice. And in and, and, and all of my dealings with him as a player for the Grizzlies and then as a player for the Lakers and Spurs, there was just never a bat. I never saw him not smiling. 
and he was always very pleasant with me. And I, I, I felt like we had a nice relationship. We'd always catch up, talk. He would always ask me how my family was doing. Mm. He's just a, a really good guy. And um, the Lakers brought him in, and, and as Kobe said, and they they played a tribute there. And that, I mean, there were there weren't many dry eyes in the building when uh, Vanessa Bryant did a video tribute, then came out onto the court. They've had a video of Kobe saying, you know, one day Powell's number needs to be up next to mine because we don't win those two titles without him. I think anybody that saw us knows that. And I can't wait for that night. I'll be there in full force. And obviously he's not. So um, it was awesome. And, you know, loving this game and loving this league, no matter whether you work for a single team or not, you have to respect the greatness that, that comes through. And those were great teams. You know, it was hard to watch them just come out and, you know, basically dominate uh, the Grizzlies when you're calling a game because it doesn't make it as fun to do a broadcast when you're down by 25. But you did respect the greatness in the way that they were coached and the way that they played. And, you know, watching a young guy go from a 21-year-old rookie that was, you know, a multiple-time all-star for the Grizzlies to a superstar where he, you know, you're like, hey, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame if he keeps on this pace. And, um you know, I was happy for him to win two mm. championships, just like I was happy for Mark to win one with Toronto and guys that have left the Grizzlies and gone on and, and, and found success. Jason Williams, James Posey with the Heat. Uh, we'd like to see that happen in Memphis. But when, you, when you're around guys on a daily basis, um, you don't necessarily become their best friends, but you know more about them than just as basketball players and you, and you want the best for them. And this is what was best for Powell. And seeing him now as a father with two young children. He kind of played out his career before he went down that path. And he's just an all-around good dude. And, and to see the emotion on his face tonight, mm. uh, that was really special, to say the least. A black veil lowered during that halftime ceremony, and it revealed his number 16, which is directly beside Kobe's numbers in the rafters there. Eric Hasseltine, the longtime Grizzlies radio voice, joining us from Los Angeles. A little bit of uh, adversity, a bumpy road here for the Grizzlies. We'll see if they can pull out of it before the end of this regular season, which is coming quickly. It is always good to catch up with you. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. You know I love coming on the after night, uh, after midnight, all hours party with Amy Lawrence. Stop it. It's just my favorite. I, you know I love teasing you about the name. No, it's always great to hear from you, my friend. And I know uh, I know what a fan of the league you are, and and I know that you're you're fair about it all. And look, it's it's a time where yes, the Grizzlies are struggling, but as I said on our broadcast, I still think when they're right and they get healthy, they're a really good team. This may change the path a little bit of the playoff picture, but there's still going to be a really tough outcome that Western Conference. Just like anybody else who makes it, it's going to be a fun last <laughs> month of this season to watch this all shake out. A veritable free-for-all. Yes, Eric, thank you so much for a couple of minutes from L.A. Always good to catch up with him. Uh, and there's not a whole lot the team can say about John Morant at this point. In fact, you're better advised to do nothing but remain positive in support of your superstar though he has put the team in a tough position. So we'll see how this pans out as we cruise toward March Madness of a different sort. Uh, speaking of that, actually Gonzaga trying to win another WCC and take advantage of the not-so-diminutive Drew Timmy. Dim, diminutive. Dim, <laughs> now it sounds weird. Diminutive. Dimu, diminutive. Jay, you want to jump in? Diminutive. 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 (laughs) No, it's not that. Uh, It actually is a real word. Diminutive. Diminutive. Oh, it's diminutive. Is that it? I added an extra syllable. Diminutive. 
This is what happens when you let me make up words. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Here on After Hours, we like you as much as you like us. Hey, what's going on? I love the show. Thanks Thank for having you. me on. Hey, enjoying your show, Amy. I'm normally not up to hear you, but you got a hell of a show. Thank you. Hi, Amy. I remember uh, talking with you when you very first started on CBS. You're such a superstar. Amy, thank you for taking my call. First time calling, listening to your show every morning as I travel into Boston. First time caller to any sports show ever, so you're <laughs> kind of taking my sports show virginity right now. Okay, well, but... it's not creepy at all. <laughs> this is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I feel it's only fair to warn you that if you turn up the radio, I get louder and you don't, no one's ever told me I'm not loud enough. That's never been a thing with me. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I'm back and I'm raring to go. This is what time to unplug and recharge will do. It will be a busy spring. Not only the fact that we've got nightly shows in what is a very busy stretch with March Madness and the Masters and the NBA and the NHL playoffs, everything else that comes along with the spring, like the draft and NFL free agency. We are closing in. We're going to get to football coming up next segment and then on through the top of next hour. So it was good to recharge. Um, but in addition to that, <laughs> I uh, I just know that getting away, it reminds me how much I love the show and how much uh, I enjoy what I do for a living. So Marco Belletti is here in studio, and I promised, because I do love Marco's reactions. He's known me a long time. We've been working together for the better part of now 10-plus years, and he knows I'm a spaz, number one, but also <laughs> knows that my stories are always good for something. Now, I had told you... I got to be careful what I say here. I had told you that I had a date mm-hmm. in Houston. Okay. It's a guy that I'd met before. Mom introduced me. That in and of itself is goofy, but still fun. So, <laughs> yeah. So my date, who shall remain nameless because I don't mean to expose him of any sort. Mm. So this is not the type of story that I told you about the guy who I actually had to buy coffee for him. The last yeah, time we went on a date. Yeah. People on social media are still reminding me of that. And they think it's so funny. I'll buy your coffee. <laughs> anyway, so I told <laughs> my date that because this actually was a great evening and we had a really good time that I would not be telling stories about him. But I have to tell you stories about me because, of course, just you know me. Okay. He's big into fishing, which I love. When I grew up in New Hampshire, we would go fishing, and I do enjoy anything to do with the water. I love being outside, so I love fishing. So I asked him if we were going to go fishing, and so I was mostly joking, but as it turned out, we we ended up going fishing. Mm. Funny thing is I'd taken a dress with me for the date, thinking we'd go out to dinner, which we did, but you can't wear a dress fishing, so... So like on the that. boat fishing or like... Oh, no, no, this wasn't on a boat. This was... Okay. Yeah, this was at a small lake okay. slash pond, okay. right, in a park near where he lived and where my mom lives. Anyway, so the, the dress was out the window because I thought that might be a little bit too much, mm, as yeah. well as as well as my pretty sandals, which I took with me, so I couldn't wear those either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I took one for the team. So he calls me the day before and says, hey, I just realized you need a fishing license to put a pole in the water in Texas. All right. I I mean, are you a rule follower? Because I could probably, I would just, 
who cares? You know, I mean, it's not the chances that there's going to be a fish and game warden where we go and stick our poles in the water is probably not a high probability. And and he said, well, you don't want to pay the fine. So fine. We're in Texas. When in Texas, do what Texans do. Okay. So I go to Academy Sports to get my fishing license. And the, first, the lady says, that'll be 53 bucks. And, and I thought to myself, I may have even said out loud, oh, no date is worth that. <laughs> But, but as it turned out, she was wrong. It, it wasn't $53. It was, was only $16. How much is the fine? Right, for a one-day. Roll the dice. <laughs> for a one-day license. So I am now entered in the computer database for the Texas Fish and Wildlife and Game and something, something, something association. I'm very proud of that. But here's, okay. here's the crazy part. So... I was putting some stuff together just in case. I didn't know what kind of shoes I would need or whatever. If it was going to get cold, it did not. So I had a bag of my stuff with me. Also, I never, and then the coffee date is a good example of this. I never go on a date without money, without the ability to take care of myself just in case. Mm. Just in case, right? Okay. So I had a bag. Moving things into this bag. I get in the car. He comes to get me, which is kind of funny because he picks me up at my mom's house like we're back in high school or something. But it's, it was cute, though. So anyway, so I leave. We get in the car. 20 minutes down the road. We're talking. Everything's great. And I want to show him my fishing license because I'm very proud of this. I go rummaging through my bag, rummaging through my bag. What? It's not here. You've got to be kidding me. I couldn't find it. I'm like, no. Is my fishing license really at home? It's so- I am. So I started apologizing profusely. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I swear I got this fishing license. I was all excited. And and so the rule follower that he is, uh, he looks on the website on the app and determines if if we can check because they have my name. They even asked for my social security number. That's how serious these Texans are. But whatever. Fish. I, yeah, for fish. Okay. So I said, let's just go and see what happens. Maybe we could just go fishing and then ask for, like, get the apology later. Forgiveness? It, it, that yeah. part, ask, yes. Better to ask for forgiveness afterwards? Exactly. I don't know if he was permission on. beforehand? I don't yes. know if he, he was on board with that. But at this point, we weren't going to turn around. But what an idiot I am. I go to get my fishing license so we can go fishing. And then I leave the fishing license at my mom's. I got to tell you, yeah, that's. You did all that. I mean, you were only gone for a few days. So to do, this seems like a lot of, you know, this is a lot yes. of intricate, you know, yes. time consuming. But I did it and I was so proud of it and mm. I left it. Mm. I left it in the house. Mm. I mean, I'm more than human. So that was one thing. The other thing is I hadn't cast a pole like this in quite a while. So it wasn't fly fishing where you're constantly like whipping the line mm-hmm. in and out. It was cast and reel, cast and reel. But his fishing poles, he had multiple fishing poles. Oh, also, I gave him the, the ground rule, I don't touch worms. But as it turned out, it was <laughs> it was uh, not live bait. Okay. So he puts the bait on the pole for me. The first couple of times, I can't get the hang of it. It's a button, right? So you have to release the button oh, at okay. the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not thankfully, that I've been fishing that often, yeah, but yes. Thankfully, did not get the hook in his hair or anything like that. So we didn't mm. have to go to the emergency room on the first date. So That's that was always good news. That's yes. 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 But the, you know, the other thing that I really love to do is take photos. And so this was your girl. It was a gorgeous sunset. 
over this pond where we were. This and it was cool. The fish were jumping. We didn't catch anything, unfortunately. Uh, but we saw turtles, which I thought that would be fun to catch a turtle. He's like, no, not a hook and a turtle. That sucks. Uh, also, we caught a lot of seaweed. There's plenty of seaweed, some lily pads. We saw some frogs. <laughs> we saw the fish jumping, but we didn't catch any fish. But here's me, right? I'm watching this sunset. Also, there's a full moon coming up behind us and this gorgeous sunset that's reflected wow. on the water. I keep Drop. I would cast my line. I got really, really good at it too. <laughs> I couldn't. Do you know I couldn't resist a boom one time when I? <laughs> I know I'm an idiot. Uh, oh, also I did ask for permission to talk because I was worried that you know when you were a kid and your parents maybe it was just my parents who told me you cannot talk when you're fishing because you'll scare the fish away. Uh, I didn't go fishing right. with my parents. Right. Okay, so I know, but probably not. So I grew up in New Hampshire. That's what they told me, but I'm pretty sure they told me because I talk too much and I never shut up. It's a shocker. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've heard that before, yeah. but I, I don't. I don't know if that's legit or not. I have no idea. I asked him. I've permission. seen that in movies, basically. I asked him permission permission to talk just because I didn't want to ruin anything. So thankfully, he said to me that that was just a myth. Okay. You're not going to scare right. the fish. So we did see the fish. It was fun to cast and reel, cast and reel. But every few minutes, as the sun is going down and the the sky is going from this pale yellow to a purple to an orange. It was amazing. Hmm. I dropped my pole. The pole, the water's like, the line's like cast. I drop my pole and I run over and get my phone. I'm like, hold on, I got to get some photos. I got to get some photos. Yeah, there were beautiful photos that I have to share. I'm telling you, these are prize-worthy hmm. photos. Hmm. They were worth it, but I'm... He probably wasn't expecting me to just drop the pole and run over and get my phone. You know me. As long as you didn't lose the pole, I think no, we're all right. No, no. I, I one okay. time did. The pole came apart, but he said to me it happens all the time. So this is this is a little traumatic. Yeah. And I'll tell you the story from when I was a kid, um, and that's why it was, it was PTSD for me. So when I was 12, I was fishing with my brother and, and my mom and stepdad, and a fish got on the end of my line. We could see it, like, splashing around in the lake in New Hampshire, and I'm reeling. I'm trying to reel. The little dinky pole I had snapped in half, and the the fish took off with the rest of my pole. Yeah. There it went. So I cried as a 12-year-old, of course, because there went my fish and my pole. Makes sense. And so as I'm fishing with him, the pole comes apart. Like It didn't break, but the two segments pulled apart. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, no, it happened again. Oh, no! <laughs> exactly. Except he said, don't worry, it happens all the time. It's an older pole, so no big deal. Which... Could be the case, or also yeah. he could just be you really know. nice. Well, yeah, I mean, that would be look a nice guy. The first reaction would be, Don't worry about it, that happens all the time. And then, yes. mind you, thinking, What the hell just happened? Well, but, yeah, he'd already heard that's all right, he'd already probably said that to himself a few times over me <laughs> leaving my license, the my coveted fishing license. Now, did you wind up? Did the police come or no? How does no, that there work? Were no, there like were no warnings, police? there are no fish police. No. <laughs> Fish police. Well, I don't know. Does he come out looking like the, the fish that they're Spoken they like a true non-Texan. Well, the know. fish police. Well, Does he wear like a suit like the fish on the wall that sings? Like, no, no there was nothing no, like that? There was no guard shack. No? There was nothing. We were in a really no? cool spot. We walked out to this peninsula in the middle of this this lake. Well, it's called a pond there, but it's more like a peninsula. lake to us. Yeah, it was really pretty. It was like a peninsula, almost like an island green, but there was actually a strip of, of land to get out there. And get this, hmm. two 12-year-olds that were fishing next to us who said they caught a fish there on Saturday. So they were they were super cute. They're goofy, just casting their lines too. Hmm. I couldn't let a 12-year-old show me up, so I had to I had to get the hang of it. So one more thing I have to tell you, and then I know we're late. Jay's going to give me the evil stare soon. You remember the coffee date. I do. Right. So I start telling my my date 
and we're eating dinner, seafood, delicious, not what we caught, but still good. Mm. And I'm telling him how a lot of times my bad dates end up on the radio. So of course he gets this horrified look on his face and I'm like, no, no, not you. This is fine. So I tell him, but this is the last date I went on. Well, you remember, I ended up having to pay for the coffee because the guy was so oblivious, didn't even offer when I said, do you want coffee? (gasps) Thank you, right? So I tell him this story and then it dawns on me, crap, he might think I'm telling the story so that he picks up the tab for dinner. Whoops. Of course I was not, but I got very red faced when he said, Mm. (laughs) so I said to him, this is one of the reasons why I always take money with me when I go anywhere. And then, uh, you know, the thought progression is happening and I look at him like, oh no. He said, don't worry. I now know that I have to pick up the check. No, 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 that's not what I meant. I did not mean that. So anyway, I don't think it was a bad date. He might think it was a bad date, but. So you don't know yet. So you haven't. Oh no, I've, I've heard from him. Okay. It's good. We're it's good. It was a lot of fun. It was probably the best date I've had in well a long time. Cause because clearly I'm only telling stories about me, not about him. That's good. Yes. That's really good. Yeah. And you didn't have the the fish police show up and no mess fish everything police. up. Right. No one got thrown in jail. No That's one got arrested always a plus. for putting a pole in the water. I didn't put a hook in his hair or his head or anything else. It's a plus. I didn't lose his pole. Always a plus. Yes, all of that was good stuff. No, like traumatic tartar sauce, like you know, stories or anything. No, we're good. I, I didn't. Think we're good. I didn't choke on a shrimp. That's like I've done. Always, I've done in the past. See? All of these things. Are good. <laughs> Jay just got this big smile on his face. I, I, for for I, those of you who don't remember, I nearly died by choking at a Thanksgiving meal because I refused to tell anyone that there was a shrimp lodged in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> this story I'm unaware of. Oh, oh my God! Even this story oh, I'm unaware even of. Even more this story I'm unaware of. <laughs> I, I mean, we could all choke. The fact that you're embarrassed no, no. to tell someone because you're choking standing, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I was standing next to the guy that the family was trying to, to like, introduce me to. Excuse me. <laughs> I care who you stand next to. No, you know, I Choking is still choking. I couldn't ruin their Thanksgiving. I had to go. I walked into another room to die in peace. I just... I... Get me some oxygen. <laughs> Jay, uh, what are you doing in there? Wow. Jay loves my stories. As my wow. friends cr- like frequently tell me, we're so glad you go on all these dates so you can tell us funny stories. Oh, thanks. thanks now, does that. the fishing license, two things, does it transfer to states? Like, no, can you use, unfortunately. No? I'm going to have to get okay. another one here. Does it expire quickly? Yeah. I mean, I won't be back in Texas before I can use it again, but I'll go get another one. And now I have a souvenir. What is it, like a three-week thing? Like, what, 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 what? Yeah, yeah, it's a short term. Really? And So the fish police would probably be on to me after that. The fish police. You are so... The fish police. What? what? They're the fish police. They're if you're not worried the about, fish police. Okay. If you can't fish and the police come to stop you, they're the fish police. Okay. Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> two and All two right, four, New no? Yorkers. Got you. So anyway, I'm 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 pleasantly surprised that it went well. That's not true. It, I, it, I'm glad it went well. Period. That's oh. the end of the story. Well, the end of the sentence. That's the end. No more questions. All right. All right. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Jay just gave me the throat slash. Here's our latest sports update. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Hey everybody, I'm Mark Shanowski, along with one of the NBA's most popular analysts, Stacey King. We're inviting you to join us on the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. So join us every week here in the Hot Sauce studios where we'll be talking about basketball, football, MMA, entertainment, and unique viewpoints from a group of sports experts having a few brews. That's right. Listen up on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Jackson will keep it on the read option. Jukes a man, stumbles at the one, dives in for the touchdown. Lamar Jackson extends the Ravens' lead with the first rushing touchdown and the first touchdown of the game. Everything we've done in terms of building our offense and building our team, uh, how we think in terms of put people and put people around them is based on this incredible young man and his talent, his ability. I mean, Lamar Jackson, all he wants to do is win. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The voice of John Harbaugh before that, Jerry Sandusky on Ravens Radio. It is not a sure thing that the Ravens will retain their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, because they are taking a gamble and they have slapped him with the, not literally, with the non-exclusive franchise tag. For those of you who heard my conversation with former agent and salary cap expert Joel Corey of CBS Sports going back a couple weeks, the non-exclusive franchise tag means that other teams can negotiate with Lamar. And so they could not come to terms on a deal. They have been far apart now for months. In fact, we're talking about probably more than a year in which both sides have been dug in. Lamar wants a fully guaranteed contract. The Ravens are unwilling to go that route. And I, do, I don't blame them. I do not blame them. A violent sport like what we see in the NFL with teams using so many quarterbacks per season with the way that he has gotten hurt the last two years. Yes, give him a deal, but I can't do fully guaranteed. So which teams are likely to reach out and try to lure him away from Baltimore? We'll talk about that next. After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. 